Welcome to another edition of the Best Damn Fantasy Podcast for your ears. I'm your host, Randall Kennedy. Uh, I'm joined by the chef. Uh, you can find him at the BZBFF, Jake B. Thong. Uh, Paulie, uh, he regrets to inform both of his fans that he will not be here tonight. He couldn't make it. <laughs> uh, but we are joined uh, by the incomparable Bob Harris. Bob, senior editor uh, at Football Diehards. Uh, you can find him on uh, Fantasy Radio with you know, Fantasy Dirt with Michael Fabiano. He is a member of the Fantasy Sports Writers Association, going all the way back to 2005. He's a legend. Bob, thank you for uh, for joining us tonight. Thanks. I'm one of like Paulie's two fans. What the hell? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Polly had to work it. tonight. Polly, so Polly was. I'm trying not to think about personal and whatnot. But he could, damn, couldn't make it happen. Polly, he really wanted to be here. He really did. All right, uh, we'll figure it out. We'll navigate these tricky waters without you, Polly. I'm going to miss you, uh, Bob. Uh, I just want to start with you, man. I, I mentioned a couple of things, man. Uh, you, you've been in this game for a long time. Uh, for our listeners out there who maybe have lived under a rock for the last twenty years and aren't familiar with your work. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Well, first of all, it's closer to 30, so that rock has been plenty comfortable for them, I hope. Um, <laughs> I, I've been at Fantasy Sports Publications. I started a business back in 1993 called the TFL Report, kind of joined forces with Fantasy Sports Publications. I've been working with them since pretty much the start on their magazines, kind of made that full-time in 96. <clears throat> and uh, since then, kind of started the Football Diehards website. That's their site and my site. And and uh, we published five magazines, four magazines, four titles, the Fantasy Football Pro Forecast. This will be the 32nd year of publication for that wow. particular magazine, the Football Diehards magazine, the Football, the Fantasy T-Sheets magazine, and the Fantasy Football Draft Book magazine. So uh, last year we only did two for the obvious reasons. This year we're doing going full blast as always. So uh, uh, happy to be back at full speed. Also been on, uh, you mentioned, SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio for last 10 years or so also nfl radio a fair amount too. do a show there every week during the season as well and this saturday night i'll be on nfl radio uh and fantasy sports radio for the football diehard show that's another show i do there along with fantasy dirt with fabiano they they i'm like the utility man apparently busy busy man we are very very <laughs> lucky to get you for a few minutes thank you so much oh i of course Appreciate happy it. to do it um tell me man what is the best part about your job uh, this, getting to talk to great new people that I have not uh, interacted with before about a thing we all love, fantasy football. I mean, there is obviously nothing better than that. And so, uh, you know, so I, I think this is the best part. I mean, I like pretty much every part of the job. Uh, I don't like today as much because it's been very fast paced and I'm quite old and it's hard for me to keep up. But, you know, the free agency, I think like there's going to be nobody left to sign by the time we get done with tonight. So. Uh, actually all this they're getting all the they're getting all the it's like a forest fire they're getting all the the dead leaves yeah. out of the way and stuff sorry lineman i didn't mean that personally but uh not that interested but no i'm interested in everybody but you know the big name receivers and running backs you know aside from aaron jones who got you know re-upped with the packers yesterday I, look i love everything about this right i love everything about fantasy football obviously doing it being immersed in it for the last nearly 30 you know 30 years has been phenomenal to think that i've uh somehow managed to carve out uh, a living doing that instead of having an actual job has been phenomenal yeah man and you uh, what a living you've made man. i mean like you said you 30 years and you know four magazines and yeah it's how, good, many, it's, how many radio shows three three radio it's, it's gone it's gone a little bit you know okay so i predicted all this i was sure in fact I'm a little disappointed that it hasn't gotten bigger, but you know, back in 1993 when I'm That's doing this and nobody insane. knew what the hell I was talking about, like, you know, my mom would come over and say, what do you say you do? And I would point to my work on a computer monitor and she'd say, you make computer monitors? What? I don't know. You know? So, I mean, you know, it's kind of, it's obviously progressed a fair amount. And I think we've gone from, you know, when I first uh, joined fantasy sports publications, they were doing, you know, fewer than a hundred thousand copies a year of the pro forecast now combined, we're doing a million copies a year of magazines and distributed wow. in thousands, literally 20,000 outlets when those outlets are open, which they hopefully all will be this year. And, uh, and it's been great. And, you know, it's been great watching the kind of the, you know, 
what I what I saw this, you know, I mean, look, you guys know, once you play, you think everyone who plays this is going to love playing it more than anything else on the planet, right? And and your wife will hate you or your spouse, your significant other, whatever. I mean, you're just all in on this. And so, you know, when I first started doing this, I just thought, man, this is going to be fantastic. It's going to be the biggest thing ever. And it is pretty damn big now, it turns out. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the NFL kind of figuring out, oh, wow, look, these guys are really good customers. Let's let's cater to the fantasy football cater, audience. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, just in general. But, I mean, look, you see it on Twitter every day. Super smart people love fantasy football, start putting out great ideas and great content, and it just keeps building on itself. And it's been really amazing watching that remarkable rise of, you know, just from like five idiots like me trying not to look like idiots to like actual data scientists and lawyers and, you know, I mean, you know, super smart people coming out and putting out all these great ideas that we, we've all kind of come to use. And, you know, we kind of merge them into our own strategies and kind of make things our own. And, 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 and that's the other fun part of it. I think, you know, the thing that I learned right away was pretty much everybody who I interact with is pretty sure uh, they could do my job and probably would be doing my job were it not for some quirk of fate that kept them from doing this. And the truth is they're not wrong. Mm-hmm. Anyone could be doing my job. You just have, you know, if anyone willing to commit, you know, look, it's a grind. And I mean, everyone out there will tell you that. But I mean, it's not like I possess some kind of superpower that makes me more capable of this than the average guy playing fantasy football. And that's kind of how I view my job is my job. You know, everyone's, oh, you're a fantasy football expert. No, I'm not. I'm I'm the guy who makes my customers an expert. That's what I do, right? I, I want to provide you the information and the, the strategies and, and show you the wide range of things possible and available at your fingertips and provide and create tools that you can use to, you know, maximize your time and efficiency as you're playing the game because you're the expert. You're as smart as me. You, you watch football your whole life. You've done all these things. You have that same sense. You like guys. Look, we all miss on guys. I miss on guys every damn year, probably more than anyone else, right? And so, I mean, and that's part of it. You know, the audience, the real audience, you're not fooling anyone when you're doing this. I mean, every for the reason stated, there everybody is an expert. Everybody who plays fantasy football, it, you know, is either an expert or damn well on their way to becoming one because that's how this works. You get into it. And you become better versed in it each and every year and and try to improve your lot. So um, it's a great, you know, community to be in. It's huge, still growing. And uh, and I can't think of anything better to do with my time. So there's that as well. Uh, well, you said a mouthful. Uh, I do that. Uh, that's that, that's great, man. Uh, that's that's what we're here for, to get to know you better. Deal um, with it. No. Yeah. So you you mentioned fantasy. You you give us a little bit of a background uh, about how you got started, which is similar to how most of us got started. When I got started doing this, we were checking box scores in the newspaper and and calculating this stuff up by hand. And now we're we have apps on our phones and the stuffs at our fingertips, and we have access to it twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. And we play dynasty, and there's no off season and uh, for me, there really is no off season. And I know for you as well, because you, like you said, you have several radio shows and you'll be on the radio tomorrow, uh, which is why we're going tonight. Um, so I, out, do you have anything, what makes Bob tick outside of fantasy? Um, I see, I see guitars on the wall. Yeah, music is a big thing for me and cats ask me about them. I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> so like, you know, it is pretty much the same for me. And again, you know, immersion is what makes you able to do this job. And you, you know, you mentioned how, you know, we get our information now and, you know, stuff coming to the phone. And I mean, in the few minutes we've been doing this, I've gotten more information in my phone uh, in that, what, seven, eight minutes than I would normally, than in 1993, you would get in an entire year. Right. I mean, that's the, you know, that's now the, to me, the big job is managing the information. Um, but yeah, I don't, you know, this is, this is the NFL has created a fantastic 365 day a year reality show. And uh, my job is to uh, grab a hold of its tail and let it drag me through the weeds. And I do that every single day. So uh, not a hell of a lot goes on outside the uh, football world, but music would be a big part of it. And, uh, and, and uh, I don't know, like to cook as well. Yeah. Yeah. We do both like to cook as you probably tell. Probably tell yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's funny because um, when I first started off on here and I was just kind of 
I had come on here just for fantasy advice and you were one of the first guys that I follow because I've known about you guys forever. And um, I had made a post and, and one of Mike Taglier's things and he was talking about music and I had done, you know, he was like, who's your one of your favorite bands or your favorite live band? And I put Slipknot uh. and you had actually liked that. And I was like, whoa, oh, wow. And then yeah. like shortly after I had just been going through one day and you started following me and I was like, I mean, honestly, like that to me meant so much and it actually gave me like so much more uh, confidence and, and desire to do this more. It right. just kind of opened up. For I want to. I want to see everybody. Right. I mean, that's that's the fun of this, right? I mean, it's not you know. And honestly, Twitter's become you know so difficult to you know. I mean, you're just sticking the fire hose down your mouth and turning it on high. There's so much content available there that I probably don't catch as much of it as I want, but I do try to follow as many people as I can because I'm interested. I want to see what's going on out there, and also. You know, I'm out there looking for, you know, prospective writers, things that, you know, content and things that I can add to my work that will make my audience happier. Right. I'm looking to make people experts. If somebody can help me do that, I'm all about that. So that is a big part of it is being out there in the world and seeing what people are doing, keeping up. Right. Just, you know, it's easy to sit around and say, wow, I sell a bunch of magazines and I talk on the radio. I don't got to do a damn thing. Right. Well, that's not how this works, man. You got you want to stay on top of you know the latest information and the the strategies and the new thoughts that are coming in, and uh, you know even if you you know even if they don't turn out to be something that you're super interested in, I mean I want to hear I want to hear every damn thing, everything is is of some interest to me until it's not, and then you know and the, the only way you'd find that out is is to check it out and see what it's about. All right, so uh, I'm going to move the chains a little bit. You mentioned uh, today's activities briefly uh, earlier, um, and it seems like the Patriots have signed everybody. Uh, yeah. Not only have they signed, they signed John o. Smith, Matthew Judon, uh, Jalen Mills, but uh, they get Patrick Chung and Donta Hightower back next yeah, year. Yeah, they, they also added uh, Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they've kind of revamped that receiving core. We'll see uh, the Nikhil Terry truthers are – Wondering where he's headed at there's, some point. There, there's one right there. There's oh, name. easy. Come on, man. Hey, hey, listen. This was last year. I haven't said anything uh, about this year. No. I, I, was looking, I, I was looking for the gusto last year. Right. I mean, but those are the guys like, you know, honestly, I mean, you know, what's the first thing I do uh, when a season's over? I make a list of guys who sucked as hard as they possibly could because I'm looking for cheap prices later on. And, and uh, sadly, though, Nikhil Harry is like – Way down that list, but he he did suck tremendously. It was that game against Seattle, like oh, just enough to get me interested, right? Basically, exactly what it was. Yeah. <laughs> so his his, uh, his price at the beginning of last year, he was like wide receiver. He was around wide receiver thirty, and that was enough for me to sell. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, me, right, that kind of price, sure. Yeah, for me, it's like you came out and and you were the, the consensus wide receiver one, and you kind of fell on your face. It just if part of this, you know, is is a good reminder, you know, that like all of us, you know, draft nicks are fallible. Uh, according to DK Metcalf, they're very fallible. No. And but you know, that's you know, you've got to take what the information they're giving you and, and use it in a way. I mean, look, none of us can predict the future. If we could, we wouldn't be doing these stupid jobs. We'd be sitting on our pile of money, laughing at the rest of uh, everybody, right? So. So, you know, same with thing with Strafniks. You've got to understand the processes they go through and what they use and, and how they arrive at their conclusions. But you have to go into that realizing that, you know, the range of outcomes is, you know, it's a wide thing, right? And so, you know, DK Metcalf, I mean, you looked at his body, you look at all the things and you could read the, you know, the, the commentary on him. Oh, he can't, you know, can't run routes. Well, that's the other thing about people and football players are included in people for the most part. Um, you know, I use Gronk as an example, who, by the way, resigned with the Buccaneers today after he said he 10, wanted to yep. take some time and look around. Okay. That 10 million, time. right? <laughs> right. 10 million. Yeah. But so last year you looked at Gronk and for the first, what, six weeks you're going, God, he's horrible. Right. Um, and then all of a sudden he got in better shape and he got an understanding of the offense and the shocking development. He got better. Players evolve. Players, you know, improve. Players work on their weaknesses. Hopefully, Nikhil Harry's doing that. DK Metcalf obviously did. I think he worked with Al Saunders, like one of the great wide receivers coaches. Uh, he worked on his route running before he ever showed up in Seattle. And, and so, I mean, I think, you know, I think that's something we all need to keep in mind when you see someone with raw physical talents and maybe their shortcomings or weaknesses to their game. You know, that doesn't mean they can't fix those weaknesses. It doesn't mean they will, right? I mean, the, but, you know, and that's the that's the fun of this. The, the art, the you know, the black art part of this is, you know, trying to divine which guys are going to figure this out and and 
get with the right group of guys and the right coaches and and put all the pieces together. You know, this is not an exact science. BZ, who's the footwork guy that uh, Keel Harry's been working with? I uh, his, name, his name escapes me, but to your point, Bob, he, 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 yeah. he reportedly has been working on his craft, and, and hopefully he is getting better. Yeah, I saw an article in the Boston Globe uh, kind of outlined all that uh, recently, and and he's been working on catching the football and things. So, you know, I yeah, honestly, I have questions. You know, Cam Newton's ability to throw the ball deep, I mean, I know – there were a lot of you know issues for him to overcome last year, learning an offense and having the setback with COVID and coming back in. I don't think any of that kept him from throwing passes that didn't land five feet away from the guy he was throwing them to. So, and but but even in that, you know, I say that and I make that harsh assessment. Clearly, the Patriots saw enough to re-sign him. Granted, right. you know, it's not a, not a not I don't know if I was surprised. You know, it's not like a super risky deal for them, and the incentives are for him. I'm a little surprised in that. You know, it looks based on the contract, he has no assurances of starting. And I would have thought, you know, I don't see him as a backup kind of guy. I don't see him as a as a mentor kind of guy. I see him as a starting quarterback kind of guy. And maybe, you know, I do agree with him. You know, he's he's not there's not 32 guys better than him. Um, but part of that is because he's such a great runner. Right. And he's just got experience. And there's something to be said for a quarterback who has the kind of experience he has, including, you know, MVP experience. So. Um, so, right. I mean, uh, maybe the Patriots, have, you know, the other thing I always talk about to people is we see uh, just a sliver of what a player is doing on our on the Sundays when we watch a football game. The coaching staff and the, the team, they see him 12 hours a day, every single day. They see things we'll never see. Right. So so, you know, our assumptions about a player being something and then we see a team do something contrary to what we see on the field. That doesn't mean that, you know, that they're wrong. Like, Oh wow. They don't know what the hell they're doing because probably they do to a degree, right. That we don't know. And so I, I would say maybe they've seen things in Cam Newton that lead them to believe he can be better. And based on the contract, uh, they've left themselves plenty of wiggle room in case he's not. AJ Dylan truthers. Did you feel like Bob was talking to you just now? <laughs> oh no, man. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I honestly, it, it, you know, so you look at Aaron Jones comes back. I mean, I felt bad for, you know, all the dynasty investments, and AJ Dillon, including mine, but but at the same time, I mean, he's a different back than Aaron Jones, and then maybe now with Jamal Williams out of the picture, you know, said his goodbyes today, and uh, and maybe they can find kind of a, a, a complimentary role for Dillon that actually you know makes him a viable play. Certainly at the goal line, you would think he would come in handy. He's very large. Yeah, but do you, do you really think he's going to supplant uh, Aaron Jones at the goal no. line when he's been so efficient? Well, I, I don't know that he. I don't know that he'll supplant him. I think it just might depend on the plays. It gives. I, yeah, there's. It's not like there's three options still. There's two options basically, and uh, and so I think I think that's the case for most teams. I mean, that's the direction running back is gone. There aren't a lot of t- true feature backs. And you look at it, what Aaron Jones has done, especially under Matt Lafleur the last couple of years, it's been phenomenal. But it's not necessarily a full time job. It's not a thirty touch a game job. So maybe there's a little room. And, and Dylan is still young. And uh, perhaps at some point, I think, you know, if you look at Jones deal, it's probably realistically a two year deal. Right. So, 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 I mean, and and that makes sense as well. I mean, you go back to to some of these huge deals that running backs have gotten. I think the smartest one was uh, Derrick Henry's, right. It was basically, you know, the two years, 25 million, you know, he's certainly made good on that and everything else they get now is gravy from him. So, but I think a lot of these deals are designed obviously with cap in mind. And nobody expects to get maybe four years out of Aaron Jones and maybe AJ Dillon can hang around that long. Maybe so. Since we're talking about running backs, I'm going to hit you with uh, one of the biggest conundrums of the off season. And, and I'm going to get your thoughts on uh, James Robinson. Ah, it was, uh, so, uh, you know, they signed Carlos Hyde today. So they right. said they were going to add a guy. That's not the guy or the kind of guy I thought they would add. Urban Meyer is a speed freak. I mean that in a nice way. Uh, although I don't know that he's not the other, but, um, I, you know, they brought in Philip Dorsett too, who seems like more of a, uh, of an Urban Meyer kind of guy, right? A super, super fast player. Carlos Hyde is not that. So I think they probably are not done at running back. And I think they'll bring in a guy to compliment James Robinson. The, the, the concern for me with James Robinson was last year. He was it. I mean, they, they knew he was it. They had nothing else. And so whatever the game script was, however far behind they were, Give it to this guy. He can at least do something. 
and he made really good on it. He did tend to, he did seem to wear down a little bit late in the season. And maybe it'd be good if they can find a nice change of pace, uh, you know, a, a speedier kind of option that they can bring in and maybe spell him a little bit and not ask him to do so much. Also, I wonder if they'll have to ask him to do so much because it's entirely possible this kid Trevor Lawrence can play football. So yeah. if that's the case, then maybe they can do things like throw the ball down the field as opposed to just handing it off every play. So, you know, I mean, there's a lot of reasons to wonder, you know, what kind of what which, what James Robinson were getting. I do like what I saw. I don't think it was an illusion. You know, I mean, he was very good when they relied on him heavily, and I think he could be very good again. Um, and maybe he can actually be better uh, when he's not the only target for defenses to hone in on. So I, I, I wasn't completely surprised that they signed Carlos Hyde since Trent Baalke drafted Carlos yeah. Hyde when he was in San Francisco. Yep. Uh, but I, 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 like you, didn't think that that was the type of back that they were uh, going to go after. I think he's just depth. I don't think he. I don't think he's there to threaten anything, right? I mean, I, any more than he was in Seattle, right? So exactly. Yeah. I think he's the same guy. They brought him in for the same reason they brought him in in Seattle. So, do you think that they're going to draft a guy within yes. the first four rounds? Maybe yeah, I think it's entirely possible. I had a Mike DeRocco from ESPN on my show uh, Saturday night. This past Saturday night, you should listen to it on demand. It was a fantastic show. I will. Absolutely. I said, um, no, uh, in all seriousness, uh, he, and he kind of hinted at that. And that's, you know, I asked him specifically what kind of guy that he thought they would bring in. And, and speed is the thing there. Urban Myers wants, you know, a super fast team. And, mm-hmm. and so I'm guessing, yes, they will, they will draft a running back. The question is how high, and I don't know that it'll be extremely high. They have other needs as well. I mean, we'll see what they do at wide receiver. Maybe they're a player for some of the guys that are still out there. Um, you know, I, I kind of like the position DJ Chark is in at the moment and would love to see them not add a hell of a lot more, but we'll, we'll watch how that plays out. I have, I have a, a fair amount of dynasty. Shares. I am heavily invested in DJ Chark. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully, I mean, look, they don't have much else beyond him. I mean, LaVisca Chenault is, is under contract. Uh, Colin Johnson is under contract. Those were guys that were rookies last year. So everyone else is free ages. I mean, it's. So, you know, Phil Dorsett comes in and whoever they bring in, those are going to be the guys. Uh, Joe Tooney uh, leaving New England. Uh, what are your thoughts there? I mean, they they paid him pretty good. Was it five years, 80 million? Yeah. yeah. Um, he's, he's, a, he's a rock solid player. And, the, and if you watch the Super Bowl, it turns out that the Chiefs could use some help on the offensive line. They're still going to need tackles. I mean, you know, they still got some work to do here. Uh, but but what's his name? Uh, Laurent uh, Duvernay Tardif. I think he'll be back, right? Is he coming back? So I mean, that's he a he's that. easily forgotten piece. And they bring in Tooney, and and you know, we'll see what they do at tackle. That's going to be the key. But you know, if you watch, you know, the Super Bowl, it's just horrible to watch a guy like Patrick Mahomes, you know, trying to you know, trying to get it done on the sore toe when he's not getting any protection. So clearly, the Chiefs have watched this film more than once and realize the same thing you and I realize that, man, we got to do something about this and I'm sure they will. And this is probably a good starting point. I thought, I think Tooney has been a guy that's been rock solid, you know, one of the Patriots best players, maybe their best player last year, which probably tells you a lot about that team. That's why they franchised him. That's why they right, franchised the year before. And maybe they should have been working on a long-term deal with him all along. And maybe that's, you know, maybe that's on them. I, I don't know why they would not have done that, but they did not. And now they'll pay a little bit, but yeah. But I think it's good news for the Chiefs, good news for Patrick Mahomes, and anything that's good news for Patrick Mahomes makes me very happy. So in the, in that they're definitely – I don't think they're done with retooling this offensive line. No. no. Uh, is, do, do you feel like there's a buy window for Clyde Edwards-Solaire right now? Um, I don't know. Let me get, get him off the end of my 10-foot pole that I won't touch him with. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know, like I said, I'm always looking for guys that disappointed. I mean, I can remember how many people moved him up to like 1.6 last year as soon as Jamie White got it out. Right. So, you know, I mean, you know, they're going to be a committee backfield, I think. And, you know, that that doesn't mean he won't be the lead guy. I think I'd rather have rather have Cam Akers right now, you know, if, I, if we're sitting here looking at second-year backs uh, going in. And I'd rather have DeAndre Swift right now than him probably oh, as well. So. So I, look, I you know I hope they can get more out of him. I don't think I'm going to pay to see that them get more out of him. He's probably not. I'm probably not going to have a ton of shares of him unless the price really drops, and it may well, right? I mean, you know, uh, so we'll see. Damian Williams should be back as well there, so we'll see what he can do. But 
Um, well, we've seen what he can do. He can be pretty damn good in that offense. So. The almost Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. So there's something to be said for all that. What about you? You mentioned the two, the two uh, second year backs, Acres yeah, and Easy yeah. guy Swift. What about Dobbins? Like Dobbins too. Yeah. I mean, you know, Dobbins the, the the problem there is obvious. The best running back on that team is the quarterback, and he makes all the decisions, right? So, or at least the most dangerous running back. I like. I love Dobbins. I think he looks every bit like what he was advertised to be coming out of Ohio State. Maybe the maybe as talented and explosive a guy that was in that class, but you know, the opportunities are going to be the question. The fact that Gus Edwards is going to stick around too, you know, I mean, uh, that's average, a really good back. yeah, he's a guy yeah, he's over five yards, a five yards of carry for his career. Right. I mean, that's not like he's, he's chopped liver. So he's going to have a role. I do think though, Dobbins is a guy that I'm, I'd be more interested in certainly than Edwards Alaire at this point. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. And I think he has some upside. I have a lot of dynasty shares of him more so than I have Edwards Alaire. Um, but part of that problem is always going to be that, you know, that option that Lamar Jackson has to take the ball back and take off with it. And it's going to, it's going to cause, you know, it's going to cause some heartache at times, maybe not the, you know, enough to keep you away from him. But, you know, if I'm drafting second years, guys, I'm drafting Jonathan Taylor, uh, first and foremost. And then after that, kind of, you know, I'm, I'm kind of open to some of these guys. I think DeAndre Swift is in a good spot because, you know, the coaching staff coming in, Anthony Lynn you know, as a run first kind of guy, a running back, you know, and they have a lot of Deuce Staley in there. I mean, they have a lot of players in there that can, they can have a lot of coaches in there that are former players that'll help him out. I think they're going to narrow that down. I think they're going to be a kind of a run heavy kind of team. So I'm hoping that uh, Swift can finally make good uh, on his potential as well. I mean, he, you know, it's easy to forget how good he was in college. They, they certainly can't be a pass-heavy team. They have no pass catchers. <laughs> Not at the moment, they don't. <laughs> Quintez Cephas, and that's it. Yep. My dynasty shares uh, of him smile. Yeah, I know. I, I have I him know. stashed in several, sp- several spots. So do I. Um, so, uh, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you about um, the, uh, the Breeze situation. Um, who do you think – I know Taysom Hill signed a four-year deal. I tweeted out that 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 deal was like it's a few guys. It doesn't exist, right? Like uh, like yeah. uh, Sigma Bloom tweeted, like why didn't they make it two hundred forty million? Right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah. So she said, "We'll never see that money." We all agree right. there. Um, who do you think they're going to ultimately turn to here? I think they. I. I mean, my suspicion is there's that they want Jameis Winston to be the guy. Then why didn't they find him? Oh, they I mean, they need to find cap room to sign everybody there right now, right? I mean, they're still, they're still. I mean, they they were what my you know seventy million over the cap at some point. I mean, they're they're going through the process, and and honestly, I think I would have tried to lock him up too because I think there are going to be teams out there, you know, that see him as a plan B when you know Deshaun Watson doesn't get traded and Russell Wilson doesn't get traded and all the things that everyone hopes happen don't happen. Oh, Jameis Winston, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so if I was the Saints, I'd be trying to lock him up before everyone got to that. Oh, yeah, point. So um, but he seems he, to me, I mean, uh, you know, Taysom Hill, I didn't think was horrible. But I mean, I thought that from a fantasy perspective, from an NFL perspective, I don't know that he was, you know, a guy who was going to win you the kind of games. And when you look back at what they did with Teddy Bridgewater under center, you know, I could see Jameis Winston being that and better. Right. And and something Jameis Winston said when he signed with that team for nothing, right? Basically was like it's like, you know, paying tuition at a university. I get to learn from Drew Brees. I get to learn from Sean Payton, one of the most innovative offensive minds we have in football. And uh and you know, maybe the diploma is a starting job. And so uh, you know, I do believe that, you know, he'll have them compete. I don't know that they've decided anything, but I uh, you know, everyone who, you know, is hooked up to this thing uh is reporting that they want to keep Winston. Peyton has basically said that and that, you know, that, that they'll compete. I think right now that's where you go. And I'm sure everyone who has any interest at all in Alvin Kamara would like to see anybody but Taysom Hill exactly. be the starting quarterback for the Saints yeah. right now. So I was just going to ask you that. Yeah, I think that's, you know, I think that was the issue for us. And again, that I don't know that that's a permanent condition, right? I mean, you know, they have a whole offseason to figure this out and look at the film and go, look, you should have thrown it to the, this really good player we have uh, you know, more. So, uh, you know, uh, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm a little bit concerned about this offense. I know uh, I just did, you know, started doing mocks again. And I'm kind of like, you know, dodging Alvin Kamara. I mean, there's enough guys in that early part of the draft that I'm happy with pretty much getting whoever. And I'm kind of swerving around him at the moment just for that reason. And I may regret it, right? I mean, honestly, 
Yeah. You know, all you have to do is think of that, you know, that six touchdown game. You go, God, he can be really good no matter what. I mean, he has RB1 overall, RB1 potential. Um, yeah, we all know that. absolutely. Um, and in, I guess my, my point was if you're the Saints, uh, somebody out there is going to pay Jameis Winston to, you know, like there aren't what you said about Cam. There are 32 better quarterbacks than Jameis. Than Jameis. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, I can think of, you know, a handful of teams right off the top of my head, the Chicago Bears, the Washington oh, football yeah. team. I mean, you know, we could go on, but I mean, those, you know, and they're teams with some resources who could, you know, who could make a legit offer to him. And so I guess it depends on what Jameis Winston wants. And I'm, I agree with you. I mean, I think if I was the Saints, I'd be, damn, we need to lock this guy up. If that's yeah. really part of the plan. Now, I do I have a quick question for you. Um, so the Houston Texans, what do you make of this mess that's happening down in Houston? Do you think that they're going to move on from Deshaun Watson? Because it doesn't seem like they're looking to give him any help. Uh, you know, they keep signing age I'm running backs. doesn't help. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, at some point, you really got to look at this. I mean, they, Mark Andrews. Brandon Cooks are keeping him around. Um, No, I look. So we, we look at wide receivers all the time, right, and say, oh, he has a quarterback-proof card. It doesn't matter who he's playing with. Allen Robinson, power to you, man. Uh, you know, you can think back to some of the Texans wide receivers. Andre Johnson, the original quarterback-proof guy, right? Um, and, but Deshaun Watson's proving to be supporting cast-proof, right? I mean, he demonstrated a little of that last year. I think, you know, I would love to see them get Will Fuller back. I don't know if they're going to, right? I mean, the fact that they haven't already, you know, you know Deshaun Watson would be happy if they did, although I don't know if anything the Texans do you know, could make him happy right now. And, and so I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to trade him. I think they're going to stand pat, but if they do trade him, I think it's going to be a sudden thing. We're not going to know it until like about right as it's happening. Yep. Right. I mean, look, everyone's cards are on the table. I mean, we know he doesn't want to be there. We know they want him there and they're not going to trade him. And it, I just, I can't imagine how you could let that guy go. I mean, you're going to get a mountain of stuff in return. Um, but are you gonna have any fans left? I mean, or will they all be at Jack Easterby's house trying to burn it down? I don't, you know, so I just, you know, they, it, the franchise is a mess. I, I felt bad for David Coley this, you know, past few days when he's out there and they're asking him to be the face of a franchise and he doesn't have the answers. I mean, he's been around the NFL a long time. He's never been the face of a franchise. He's never been the voice of a franchise and asking him to be that, you know, throwing him into that fire with this situation. Yeah. Obviously he came up short, you know, talking to White and, uh, and Jim Trotter, when he used the horrible code words, or now, I mean, dude, you got to know better than that if you're running a team. And so then he came back and he had to fix all that. And and honestly, if it, so whatever happens, I will not be surprised. I quit being surprised when Le'Veon Bell sat out a whole season. <laughs> uh, you know, so I mean, and, and this is kind of an evolving kind of world. And these guys that are the faces of franchises of billion dollar corporations would like a little more say is pretty understandable, right? Uh, with your Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, and the guys in charge not wanting them to have that power. I mean, not surprising either. So I think we're going to have some of these situations going forward where these players are going to try and exert, you know, assert their influence and do what they can. And maybe part of that for Watson is just sitting out until he has to do in kind of a Melvin Gordon thing you know, and what is it, eight games in or whatever, so he can pull his contract and get a year towards free agency. But, you know, he's not as worried about the money. And look, if, if Le'Veon Bell would sit out and give up the money he was going to make for one year as a running back, thinking he could make it back, Deshaun Watson at 25 is going to, you know, the money he loses this year sitting out, if that's what he chose to do, would would be a drop in the bucket compared to what he'll make for the next 15 years. So, yeah, I mean, this one totally, totally to me, I I'm 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 just sitting here with my popcorn, waiting to see what happens, and, and would, will not be surprised. Genuinely, will not be surprised. However, it plays out. I cannot imagine them trading, trading him. I just can't imagine. Well, the way I think about it is, or Russell Wilson for that matter. What would it take if you're John Snyder? What would it take to get Russell Wilson? Uh, a fair amount. I mean, it would start with Khalil Mack and go from there. But and Khalil know, Mack and three number ones? Probably. Khalil I mean, Mack that's what you'd be asking for. I don't know. You know, we have to see how, you know, we know how unhappy Russell Wilson is, right? I mean, he's pretty much made it clear that he doesn't really like the way things are going. We've heard the story. I mean, I talked to 
Michael Sean Dugar from The Athletic, who wrote that first story that really dug into the details and stuff. I mean, we'd been hearing it before. And Russell Wilson came out and kind of hinted at all of it. But, you know, hearing all the details and, and Michael Sean basically told me that, you know, he thinks not this year, but next year, it's just it's come down to Russell Wilson or Pete Carroll. And he felt he gave it like a 2% chance. Both those guys are with the team in 2022 right they just can't coexist beyond this year i think they will coexist this year because it's like 39 million dollars of dead dead cap uh, cap it on the you know so i mean i think it's hard to move him this year and i think he probably realizes that but but if you think he did you know he didn't make a trade request yet he threw out the four teams he'd be willing to be traded for that's like a trade request right i mean you know you could say it's not and maybe it isn't formally but he's basically put out there his desired outcome here is to move on so I, I guess my thing would be if you're John Schneider and you 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 got the Bears on the phone and you say I want Khalil Mack and four picks and they say done. Well, none okay. of them are a quarterback though. What do you? I mean, you're, exactly. you don't win in this league without a quarterback. And that's you. So let's go back to the Chiefs trading Alex Smith away. Why did they do that? How do you trade away a playoff quarterback? Because you have Patrick Mahomes and you know what he is, right? You don't do that unless you know what you have behind him, unless you know what the replacement is. I don't see the Seattle Seahawks knowing that or having an idea. Jameis Winston reached a one-year deal with the Saints worth up to $12 million. There, you there it is. There, there it is. There it is. So. so, yeah, so if you're Seattle and let's say, John, you get these picks. Okay, so you're cap-strapped already. You only have four picks in this year's draft. You, you trade away Russell Wilson, and that means you have absolutely zero chance to compete for the next right. four years, regardless right. of these picks. Well, yeah, so you're you know, not even going to be the general manager by right. the time this deal matures for your team. So why would you make it? You wouldn't. And the, like the Bears don't have a pick that's going to allow him enough ammo to move up if he wanted to move up, if that was his goal. So, yeah, I think this is totally unrealistic there. And look, you know, the the Texans are a little different. Like if they – Traded with Miami, maybe they get a quarterback or maybe they get the draft capital to get that next quarterback or, you know, or, you know, I know John McClain from the Chronicle throughout the, you know, the Arizona pipelines like Kyler Murray. I mean, you know, so, you know, but oh, that's, wow. that's, that's the thing. You need to have that next guy. I mean, this is in the NFL. Again, they're, you know, Cam is not, they're not 32 guys better him. There are not 32 quarterbacks in the NFL, right? So, or at least a high caliber quarterback. So the, you know, it's kind of a game of musical chairs as it is. Uh, so, you know, you, you, I damn well make sure I had another one in mind before I got rid of a guy that's as good as Russell Wilson, and yeah, certainly a guy yeah. that's going to be as good for as long as he will be in Deshaun Watson. You mentioned, uh, you mentioned Tua, you giving him a pass on last year with kind the of. injury and the COVID and the, yeah. and the, we'll see. I think, I think people forget that's a pretty serious injury he was coming yeah. back from. Had no real offseason, no OTA, certainly. And, uh, you know, very limited training camp. And they're building around him. I, I like the direction Miami's going. But, you know, if if Miami had a shot to get Deshaun Watson, it would cost them everything they have to build yes. around Tua. So that's the decision for them, right? And, I mean, I, I think it is, you know, fair to, you know, sit down and have that discussion if you're the Miami Dolphins. Oh, wow, look, we could have a super good quarterback and uh, you know we've got some pieces right now let's see what we can do but i think you know in general i think a lot of the the capital they've acquired they acquired because they said oh look we're going to build around this guy so you know but again uh, I, I can remember not long ago josh rosen was the guy in arizona right and they traded up to get him so uh, <laughs> you know making moving you know admitting you make a, you've made a mistake or or you don't like the direction it's going quickly is not the worst idea in the world uh, if that's where you're going. I just don't see the Dolphins being in the same place the Cardinals were with Rosen. But you said he's proven himself to be supporting cast proof. So, I mean, he, he could go Lots to and has. I, I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think he can. Yeah. But can he, get you, can he get you to the title, right? I mean, that's, you know, what's, your, what's, what's right. the overall goal? Is that, you know, I mean, can one guy carry you that far? I don't know. If, if that one guy is Pat, Patrick Mahomes, maybe. Yeah. And, and I mean, even he... Even you saw what he couldn't do without right. a left tackle and, and and things like that. Yeah. So so yeah, exactly. I mean, I you you got to have it up around him. Look, Miami is not like bereft. I mean, they got some decent offensive line. Uh, you know, Devontae Parker can or maybe isn't really good at times. Uh, Preston Williams flashed when he was healthy. Mike Gusecki looks like he could be a playmaker. They certainly cobbled together a pretty good rushing a game. 
between Miles Gaskin and Salvin Ahmed. So, I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying they, you know, that there's nothing there, but I mean, I think they have a bigger picture plan and, you know, just uh, based on what, you know, what I kind of the sense I have of Brian Flores, not knowing him, you know, just watching how he's been operating. I think when he comes out and he says, I don't think he's one of those guys that comes out and says he's all in on somebody without actually there being something to it. I mean, and, and I hope I'm not proved wrong. Uh, and I realize that's also entirely possible, but he just doesn't seem, doesn't strike me like that at this point. Um, the Packers have turned into the, uh, Chargers uh, farm system for the second year in a row. They're mining the offensive lineman from from Green Bay. They signed Corey Lindsley uh, today. Uh, Corey Lindsley was probably the reason why the Packers led the NFL in run block rate and pass block win rate. Um, yeah, <clears throat> pretty big signing there. They've yeah, got I mean, Philip yeah. Lindsay. They've got uh, this cast of characters that always seems to be trying to replace Philip Lindsay on early downs. Or not Philip Lindsay. Um, uh, help me out, but Austin Eckler. They've got Austin okay. Eckler there. And so, uh, uh, are you in, are you in on Eckler? Are you in on that? Uh, they've got the new, yeah, like, new coach Snyder's there. The big arm quarterback. Are you in on that? I, I like. I, I think Justin Herbert looks phenomenal. I like a lot of things about him. Number one, just you know, he's aggressive, right? He's not afraid to stick the ball in there, and, you know, and, and throw it into tight windows. Throw, you know, like he let goes. Of, he lets go of the football, right? I mean. There's something to be said for that, and I think it's you know easy to dismiss someone who's willing to to play like that. He's also willing to stick his helmet in the middle of a linebacker's chest too. And it's funny because there was a guy that you know coming out of college, people had questions about him, his demeanor, etc. It turns out when you sit down in a meeting with him, he's kind of a kid. When you throw him on the football field, he plays like a grown up, right? And and he is. That's his that's his element, right? He feels comfortable clearly, and so I'm pretty much you know looking to grab him at the right price. This year, I think some of the receivers there are going to be phenomenal. Backfield, I'm less interested in. But if I can get Austin Eckler uh, as my running back two or in a second round, uh, I'm I'm pretty much fine with that. And we're talking redraft here. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Uh, how do you feel about uh, Zeke? Is he a buy low for you, or are you you passing on Zeke? Uh, you know, I mean, the price is going to be too hard to pass up. Price and workload. Yeah. I mean, workload still matters. Um. You know, I've talked to people who think he doesn't show up in great shape. I have a hard time, like, totally making a really valid argument against that, right? I'd, I'd like to see a little more. But, but look, there's, I mean, workload matters, and he gets the workload. We saw, you know, we saw what Tony Pollard's capable of. I'm sure the Cowboys saw it as well. Uh, so it's the onus is going to be on Zeke. But for right now, his contract keeps him firmly locked in to the role we would expect. And I think Dak being back will be helpful to him, right? So, uh, so yeah, I'm probably I'm probably buying him when when I'm getting down that eighth or ninth pick, and I'm going, oh, he's still there, David. I'm kind of hoping like yeah. the guy right before me takes him. It's <laughs> kind of like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll be all right with that. Then. Be- Beezy and I are in on Zeke. Uh, we, yeah, we, 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 well, uh, I fully expect a bounce back. Yeah, I think the offensive line just being better, you know, just being healthier seems like a, you know that alone would be a big factor, and Dak being back and putting in a whole season would be helpful as well. Now, um, how do you feel? So usually when there's smoke, there's fire. We got a, a wide receiver one, Allen Robinson, who has come out and said that he is not going to sign his franchise tag. How, what is your thoughts on this? How serious is that? Because you know, obviously when, when Robinson's playing, he is a stud wide receiver one. And he just makes quarterbacks better. Right. And, you know, I mean, obviously the Bears are kind of in shambles right now. They've got. They're trying to figure out what the hell they're going to do a quarterback and just they've got a lot of questions. But how serious do you think it is? is how serious do you think the Allen Robinson situation is? And do you think he could potentially sit out the year? No, I don't think he'll sit out the year. I think the money is going to keep him in. It's not, you know, I, I, I just don't see it. Uh, you know, again, anything is possible. We've, you know, I've said the Le'Veon Bell kind of shifted the the whole world there kind of turned it upside down, but I, I don't get the impression that Allen Robinson won't play at all, that he'll hold out. He may, you know, make it nervous, you know, may take it out into camp or whatever. But the part of the problem for players right now is that, you know, the last, when they made the adjustments to CBA, you can't take back the, uh, the fines and the penalties for holding out. Right. So those were usually forgiven in the past. And so, I mean, holding out was not a big deal. Holding out's a bigger deal. It's pretty expensive. So, I don't think he will, and I'm hoping they find a quarterback that's semi-suitable. And, I mean, 
how bad, you know, I mean, look, Mitchell Trubisky was not entirely horrible down the stretch, right? They got a little run, but it was, you know, also easy competition. So I don't read too much into it, but I would hope they would get an upgrade at quarterback somehow. I, and think, we'll Mitch see can, I think Mitch can play. I don't think he's, a, you know, he's not a Patrick Mahomes, but I think he can play. And I think Matt Nagy's a boob. Um, and I don't <laughs> or, or, he's a, or he's just a guy that needs a certain kind of quarterback, and it turns out that he picked the wrong one. Yeah, that's entirely possible. So, do you, where do you see them going? Um, now that Jameis Winston's locked in, that was one thought. Uh, you know, they could. Uh, it would like would a trade for Sam Darnold be shocking? I mean, a guy that maybe won't cost you that much, that maybe still has that you know that franchise quarterback. You know, maybe somewhere where uh, the ghosts aren't as visible or don't wear New England uniforms or something. I don't know. Um, that would be the direction I. That that would be the first the thing that pops into mind immediately. And in the end, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick is playing somewhere. And if Ryan Fitzpatrick was Allen Robinson's quarterback, I would feel kind of okay about that. Didn't he say today was that this was it? That, that he was thinking about hanging I didn't, I didn't hear that. Man, it may have happened. I just didn't hear it. I mean, uh, I, I know we've heard like some backs and forth. Everything I've heard from him is he's all in. I heard John Clayton say that he thought that he'd heard uh, but I didn't hear. I, and then I think like a day later, we heard Miss Patrick say, I'm all in. So I, I don't know. I, I didn't hear anything today that changes that. But if, if you heard it, I won't. Uh, I will. I, it's entirely possible. I thought I heard Phil Lekas on uh, NFL radio say that at lunch today that he was that this might be it. But maybe he was parroting the John Clayton line, which <laughs> probably is not actually accurate. Maybe so. Maybe so. Uh, regardless, they needed they need a quarterback somehow. Right. I, mean, I mean, someone who's at least willing to throw the ball, and you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick's that. So you know, look, I'm. I mean, there's there. You know, I mean, I don't want to get to the Andy Dalton level, but I mean, there's still some guys out there uh, who are capable of playing. And if the Bears are you know dead set on moving on from Mitch Trubisky and just getting a fresh start, you know, who knows where we end up? But I think How Sam Darnold would be like a, a target for me if I was uh, Ryan Pace. If you're, if you're, uh, how about Marcus Mariota? Is he, yeah, uh, is he a, a candidate there? I, I would think sure. So. I, I would think he's a you know candidate for any team that's in a bind. It, it seemed like maybe people are a little worried about the contract right now, and and so you know I think it's pretty pretty incentive laden. If he's the starter, it's pretty expensive. So I don't, you know, uh, it seemed like the, the interest in him cooled off significantly, and it's from what I remember, it was based on the contract issues, but maybe someone can figure something else out with the contract. I think he'd be a great pick. I mean, we'd heard New England uh, was interested at one yeah. point and that made sense as well before they re-signed Cam. So yeah, I think, I think he's, I think he's should be on that list. Uh, you mentioned Darnold. Uh, Darnold is someone who I think can play and has been saddled with some offensive yeah. ineptitude. Uh, I would love to see the Jets stick with Darnold. Do you ultimately think that they they draft a quarterback at where they're at? Or yeah, I, I think I think they probably will. I, I know. Uh, I think uh, NFL Network. I think it was. I think the, the it's where I heard it today that they're kind of torn on this. That. That maybe Joe Douglas is thinking, you know, that they want to move on, and maybe the coaching staff says, "Hey, I think maybe we can rehabilitate him." Mike Lafleur, the new offensive coordinator there, um, it's entirely possible. Um, and and I, and I don't know, you know, you mentioned this. I mean, he is not supporting cast proof, obviously. Um, and but they bring in Corey Davis today. I mean, we'll see what he turns out to be. But they've got a they've got a lot of they need a lot of help. I mean, I, I don't know if they can put enough help around him. <laughs> To make it better right away, and and as he gets into his contract, you know the money's going to at some point become an issue. But as long as he's still on his rookie contract, but I think at this point I'd be like going, I want a guy with another four or five years on a rookie contract, uh, you know. And so I, I think they'll go out and they'll look at Zach Wilson and watch Mark Jones, watch all the pro days, and and they've said this all along. They'll make their decision after they've assessed all the rookies and I think what they've only seen Trey Lance so far, so. Do you think the lack of a combine is going to be a big deal this year? Nah. Like, is, is, you don't think so? No. Nah. I mean, mo I think mostly what happens at the combine is all the stuff that's happening today. You know, all the free agents, <laughs> everyone gets together and talks about free agents. You know, I, I read a nice piece by Daniel Jeremiah, and I was talking to my friend Matt Waldman the other day, and he kind of totally agreed with it. And just like, I mean, nobody, you know, 40 time is great, and we get all excited about it. But with all the, you know, the GPS tracking, the next-gen stats, and all the information that's available to scouts. And I mean, they know a hell of a lot. The most important part now is meeting with the players. And I think they get enough through the zoom to, uh, 
to get that figured out as well. So, uh, you know, I think we're going to so, do a lot of things differently going forward, and the scouting combine is probably going to be high on that list. That's what I was going to ask. You think this is a new norm going forward? Might be. I mean, scouting combine was a big deal, and and it was great time in Indy. From every, I never went. I mean, I'm not a kind of you know, I'm still I'm still working. You know, trying to get ready for magazines and do stuff like that. So the rookies were just one small component of what I'm trying to do. So I don't have that focus on on the rookies. I like to wait until they get a helmet on before I get too excited about any of them. Anyway, I mean, you know, look, I want to know about them and I want to have an understanding of what their capabilities are. Um, but until they're in a situation in there, I see what kind of scheme they're running in and how that, you know, how that, what we've seen from them and how they all do in that scheme and what the competition is and what they're facing in those kind of regards. I'm, you know, I'm not as excited about them as some other people. Uh, you're kind of like me. I kind of, kind of want to shake it out and let's see where, where they're at. Right. And what they're doing Put and, a helmet uh, on them. Yeah. Yep. See yep. if they can play. Oh, well, uh, we're, we're, we're pushing an hour here, Bob. And, uh, I think we're going to. We're going to wrap this up, man. We really appreciate you coming on. I'm going to pay some bills real quick. Monkey knife fight. Uh, use the code UND. Uh, play fight win. They'll match up to $50. Um, Brady and Global, I'm wearing this awesome uh, hat from my friends at True North. Uh, you can uh, get their gear and our gear and, and a bunch of others there. Uh, Bob, uh, the convention is coming up. Will you or the diehards or, or anything that you are associated with be at the fantasy convention this year? Uh, is that the Cleveland or the Canton? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've been there every year, you know, until last year. So I'm guessing I will be there. I'm I'm there for the draft anyway, so I'm probably going to stick around. You guys got anything coming out you want to let it, let the uh, listeners know about? All the usual stuff, everything I talked about at the start. So all the magazines, check magazines, out. websites, Football radios, all those hearts, things. Yeah, Sirius XM. Bob, we really, really appreciate you coming. Thank you so much for dropping the knowledge. Uh, you are excellent. Uh, and until next time, remember that the best fantasy discussions are unscripted. Unscripted. Yeah, tell Paulie that I'm looking for him. Okay, we'll tell him. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>